Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 2. We actually made it to a second episode of the Films with Ferrara podcast. I'm <laughs> Dominic Ferrara, the founder and editor-in-chief of filmswithferrara.wordpress.com for a, hopefully, a smaller, shorter episode this week. We're going to try to keep it nice and uh, short and to the point this week for the Christmas episode. But joining me, as always, live from Nashville, senior editor of Films with Ferrara, Mr. TJ Blankenship. Hello. Yeah. This is, uh, I- I'm excited for this episode. Just going to be a two-man podcast. This was, this was the original, uh, combination of hosts for the podcast before my internet was horrendous. So, but, uh, I'm also coming to you live from Boston. We're going to be getting some snow later, and it's going to be, uh, the, the Christmas season is very much in full swing here. It is. So a couple of quick housekeeping, uh, things before, uh. We get started. Uh, since episode one, our podcast is now available on three other major podcast providers. Three. Uh, if anyone, I don't know how, I don't, I don't know anyone that uses it, but if anyone uses Pocket Casts, we're available on there. We are for Android users. We're now available on Google Play, and for iPhone users, we're now available on the Apple Podcasts app. So go subscribe to us there, download our episodes, give us some ratings, five stars every time. And uh, next week we're going to have, everyone will be back. We're going to have uh, also our managing editor, Jonah Lewis, is going to be joining us for the first time. And possibly a guest as we unveil our top ten films of 2017. Each each of us will unveil a top ten list. Uh, should be a fun episode. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and get started. We only have really two segments to go through today. Uh, again, I wanted to try to keep this relatively simple, but uh, trailer talk because there is a there were a lot of trailers that came out this week, surprisingly. Yeah, it was actually a trailer heavy week for once, which was interesting. I would have thought last week would have been the trailer heavy week leading up to Star Wars, but it wasn't. Or the week the week after Christmas. All right. I would have, especially because it was such a slow news week, uh, just because mm-hmm. everyone in Hollywood was is kind of out on Christmas vacation at this point. Uh, there was really only one story this week, and it was Deadline last night reconfirming their own report, so that was spectacular uh, regarding Quentin Tarantino's Star Trek movie. But, uh, but trailer talk was big, so let's start with the first one that came out. This came out on Monday morning, Peter Jackson's The Mortal Engines. Uh based on the book series, Cities Eating Other Cities. This looks wild. What did you think? It looks interesting. I never uh, read the book series, but knowing Peter Jackson, it will most likely probably be good. Yeah, I mean, he didn't direct this. This is a, He only produced it. He's one of his long-time visual effects guys directed this movie. But, yep. Um, I mean, it's certainly an interesting concept, it's, I don't know, it seems like like it could be a lot to take in. Also, it, it, it feels like Howl's Moving Castle meets Mad Max. But yeah, I agree. Like, I was about to say, it's like very Mad Max-esque. Mad Max-esque, but I don't know. It still seems like even though despite, oh, it's just put city on cities on wheels, it still felt feels like Mad Max might be a little bit more kind of original. We'll see. Yeah, I, I I don't know. It's I don't know what to expect because, like I said, I never read the book series, so I still don't even really know what it's about. But it, it's it looks interesting. That's for sure. I have not read the books either, but uh, it's one of those you know they they spent a lot of money on that movie. I I honestly don't think they're gonna it's gonna do as well as they hope. I just don't think that brand recognition is there. Yeah, I don't either. You're really gonna have to blow some people away in in uh, in your upcoming trailers, so we'll see. Uh, I mean, they poured like 150 million dollars into that movie. Might not be the be- the most sound move. Yeah. Uh, next up, one I'm actually really excited to talk about because uh, I think this movie looks awesome. Is Ocean's Eight? Um, Sandra Bullock and Kate Blanchett in everything, please. Thank you very much. 
yeah, I can, I can, I can agree to that. <laughs> yeah, this movie looks like a ton of fun, and then you also add in, you know, Mindy Kaling, Sarah Paulson, Anne Hathaway. I think is kind of playing a role that's going to be a take on a whole. Um, you know, many people think she's just kind of this pretentious celebrity, and I think her role is going to play on that a little bit, which I like. Yeah, uh, she's going to play that up. Helena Bonham Carter's in this movie. Uh, that cast is incredible, and it just looks so much fun. Yeah, it does look like a lot of fun. And usually the Oceans movies, minus one that we all know about, <laughs> are pretty good. So, I mean, who doesn't love a good heist movie? Exactly. <laughs> like, it's one of those... The, the, the problem that this movie's going to run to, into, and I saw a lot of positive buzz on Twitter, which is great, problem this movie's going to run into is that it's coming out in june and it's sandwiched it's sandwiched in between deadpool 2 and incredibles 2 both of which are going to do really really well Uh, this um might not be the best decision (laughs) yeah i I, if i were i think it's warner hang on let me check the distributor on this i think it's warner brothers though or paramount it's one of the two but i would very much consider moving if I were them. Like, that seems like it would be a decent move. Yeah. Just because it's such a crowded marketplace. Who is the distributor? I'm trying to find it too. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I can get production companies. Uh, it's Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers, yeah. Warner Brothers, Brothers always makes mistakes like that, though. Yeah. I mean, at least they they, they did make the correct move. They did move Wonder Woman two, which was a good move. But I don't know. This was, movie will do because yeah, wasn't it wasn't it like right before Star Wars or something like that? Or on yeah. the same day? Yeah. I mean, they'll find this movie has an audience, and people will see it. It's just it might be tempered down by the fact people, you know. They're going to go see Deadpool and Incredibles over this, probably. To me, it seems like they're not trying to make a buttload of money on it. They're just trying to make a profit. <laughs> and I'm sure the budget on this wasn't massive. Yeah. But I, I'm I'm excited for it. I think it looks fun. And uh, I'm definitely going to give it a shot once I you know, finally subscribe to Movie Pass. I don't know why. I still haven't gotten on that. But I'll be able to see yeah, I don't know either. I would have thought that, that you you would have jumped on that deal a long time ago. Yeah, and I keep meeting to it. I always keep forgetting. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. That thing. <laughs> I always just go to the movie. I'm just like, eh, I'm just going to go today. And then I shell out, you know, 10 bucks for a ticket. And I'm like, alright, cool. All right. That was worth it. Right. Which I like doing too. It's... Yeah. I just love going to the movies. So. Alright. Uh, oh, I do too. Yeah, third trailer of five. They re- they really cranked about this week. Uh, Disney's The Nutcracker and the Four Realms. TJ, your thoughts on the the Nutcracker here? Why? Just 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 why? I feel you on that one. I like have Disney. I I know you you got all the money in the world and you own literally everything, so you can make stupid decisions. But 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 why? But it just. Why? I, I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, visually, it had a very Tim Burton, Alice in Wonderland look to it. Yeah, like it looks interesting, and you know, it's it's another one of those. Oh, here's an original story that you know, but it has a dark side, and we're gonna tell you the dark side of the story. All right. So, and it's another one of their, you know, oh hey, here's the original movie. We're also gonna turn it into a live action. Yeah. So, well, I'm, you know, I mean, we'll see. Their mistake, I actually think, I think they should have flipped, release date-wise, they should have flipped this in Mary Poppins, because this movie, would, or at least put it in early December, because this movie is going to kill the holiday season. I Yeah, I agree with that. They should have switched them. I don't, like, they have Mary Poppins on Christmas Day and Nutcracker November the 2nd next year. I don't. Un- I believe. Yeah, November second. Yeah, yeah. I don't no understand. Necker is November second. Yeah, I don't understand why exactly you you would have it in that order. Although I'm I'm much more excited for Mary Poppins than I am for this movie. But do you remember the the 
the like the darker version that was like the Nazi version that we got like seven years ago with Albert Einstein as Drosselmeyer. Oh yeah. Get, God. That was weird. That was really weird. <laughs> but uh I know I this... think it it'll at least be better than that. <laughs> ah, God, I hope so. I know they're they're going back to do reshoots. Uh there were some scheduling conflicts with the director, so Joe Johnston is coming in to do 32 days of reshoots, I believe. And then the original director's coming back for post-production. Uh, I mean, every every movie does reshoots. Everyone gives right. reshoots so yeah. much crap, but like sometimes yeah. they're needed. Right. D- so. Disney got out ahead of the idea this time that, uh, that there's going to be another director doing these reshoots. Uh, and I, I trust Joe Johnston, but th- this movie does look interesting. You know, they don't really give you much in terms of how it's going to be different. They say, oh, there's a dark side, but we don't really see what. But visually, it looks fascinating. And hearing Morgan Freeman's voice in the first five seconds of any trailer usually gets me into a movie. Yeah. (laughs) That's all it takes. If you ever want Dominic Ferrara to go see your movie, just put Morgan Freeman in it. And it's a done deal. I think there's a good number of people that are like that, though. Like, I'm pretty sure you put Morgan Freeman in anything. There are a fair number of people that will go. I am slowly raising my hand right now. Correct. Like I, I, I did, I did <laughs> not go Morgan see. Freeman. Right. I did not go see him and Ben Hur because that just looked offensive. I saw, offensive. Uh, I saw Going in Style during Thanksgiving break. Oh, I need to. See, I still need to see that. I think it's on HBO now. It was. It was. It was actually. It was okay. It was good. It, it was funny. Yeah, I, I wanted to check it out. No, but uh, Morgan Freeman, Helen, Helen Mirren, and Kiera Knightley is a solid cast here mm-hmm. for Nutcracker. So I'm excited. I mean, again, Helen Mirren's another one of those. You, you put she, she has like a she has a horror like a ghost movie coming out next year, and I'm like, yes. Which one is that? Uh, Winchester. Gonna, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Which we're going to talk about in a couple of weeks when we do our uh, winter and spring movie preview. We're going to cover all the movies coming out from January. Up through April, I believe is, is how we're yeah. That. So that'll be fun. All the big wide release movies. And that'll be a big episode with everyone. I'm, I'm excited for that one. Uh, let's see, trailer number four. Ooh, flying through. Uh, Sicario Two, Soldado. Now, out of all the movies that were the trailers that came out this week, this one was probably the one I was most excited for. Did you like Sicario? Yes. Okay. I loved that movie. I, same. I adore that movie. And I I thought it was criminally underrated when it came to awards season that year, because Sicario was awesome. It wasn't just underrated. I think it was like, it went kind of unknown yeah, to everybody. I, yeah. Benicio, did, Benicio Del Toro did not get an Oscar nomination for that movie. And, that's just a and he deserved one, because he was so... amazing. He's so good. He makes honestly, that movie. it might it might be one of his best roles. Yeah, he's incredible in that movie. And I was a little worried about this trailer going in because Denis Villeneuve is not coming back. Yeah, um, but it I, has Benicio del Toro still. Right. So I didn't know the the screenwriter came back, but I didn't know visually what the difference would be cause, just because visually Denis Villeneuve's direction is always stunning. And I just found myself right back in the world and engrossed in the drama and the tension. Benicio just, uh, you know, unloading bullets on a guy is just spectacular. I'm, I'm all in. Yep, me too. Yeah, yeah, this movie looks fantastic. Another movie that comes out in June, but it's, it's like one of the last weeks in June. I, I think it is the last weekend of June. I think it's the last weekend. Yeah. Uh, going up against the Uncle Drew movie, which... I will be the only one on this podcast that probably sees that movie. But what movie? The Uncle Drew movie. Have the uh, based on like the Pepsi commercials where Kyrie Irving <laughs> dresses up as the old guy and then just crosses everyone over and hits the knees yeah. and dunks on people. Yeah. 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 Now that Kyrie Irving is uh, the point guard for my Boston Celtics, I am officially all in on that movie. It's uh, very excited about it. I'm sure you are. Yes, I'm, I'm going to try to see that movie here with the people of Boston. It's going to be wonderful. Uh, Good luck finding tickets. It's going to sell out. It probably will. It'll be the one city in the country where it's all that. Whereas no one will go in Cleveland because he forced his way out of there. 
but like they're literally uh Boston is going to be probably the only city that goes to watch that movie. Yeah. Like uh, like they're going to they're going to make up for the, you know, the box office budget. Yeah, they also shot that first Uncle Drew commercial in the town where my dad grew up. So, you know, cool stuff going on there. Uncle Drew, I'm, I'm excited for it. Back to Sicario here. Was, I mean, it, it looks really cool. Explosions. It looks a little more action heavy than uh, Sicario did. And uh, Catherine Keener pops up in there, which was cool. She's great in everything. So. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. I mean, her performance in Get Out this year was one of the best she's given in a, in a while. Uh, she's yeah. incredible in that movie. Get Out just was a great movie. Yes. Get Out, will, I will say, will definitely be popping up on my top ten list. Next I'm, I'm guessing it's probably in your top five. Mm, and well, well, we'll find out. How about that? Uh, it, uh, it is. I know you. Yeah, well, you know. All right. And, I guess uh, it's probably number three, maybe, maybe higher. If uh, all right, and the final trailer of the week, another one. You you talked about the Nutcracker with a why? Who wants this? This was my feeling for Mamma Mia. Here we go again. Who no, wants my this? Feel, my my no, that wasn't my feeling for this. It wasn't why? Who wants this? It was no. Pretty much. Just, just no. And it really pains me because like whenever Lily James is in anything, I I always I'm like okay. Like great in Baby Driver, she was great in Kenneth yeah, Branagh's she's Cinderella Baby Driver. Um, you know, she usually just makes the movie better, but this plot just this movie seems so stupid. Yeah, they got rid of Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep, they they kill her off, and then they give Meryl Streep origin story movie. That this is what the people were calling for. And I think it's the the title, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, just. Literally just the words to the song. <laughs> just, 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 just no, just right. no. And, and as if it couldn't get even more ridiculous, shit. We're supposed to believe that Cher is Meryl Streep's mother, and I'm pretty sure they're very close in age. Yep. Oh this my is, god. The suspension of disbelief there is unbelievable. Uh, it just looks so stupid. It's. Oh my god. I didn't realize people were out here calling for a Mamma Mia origin story movie. No one was. Okay, I'm glad I'm glad I'm not alone there. As far as I know. At least I didn't want one because I hated the first one. Clearly someone think that Universal thought people were people wanted this movie. I don't know. It's uni it's it's universal. Now Universal's actually, you know, over the last few years has been one of the better studios. They've you know, a couple years, 2015, they had it. Had 2015 was the best year. year they've had for a while, but still. I mean, last year, they also had a really good year because they, ha they have their overall deal with Blumhouse, which is just printing that's, money for that. That's true. I, I, for I forgot that they were with Blumhouse. Right. It's print so they had $2 billion movies last this year with uh, Despicable Me 3 and Fate of the Furious, and then they also had... Uh, Split and Get Out, both of which were pretty well received, and Get Out loved both of them. If, you know, if I had to put a best picture front runner down right now, I'd probably say it's Get Out. Yep. Uh, just the way the season's going, it's. I mean, it's still kind of a toss up. There hasn't been a true front runner that's popped up yet, but Get Out would be at the top of that list if there were to be one now. But I don't know which executive over there greenlit this movie. <laughs> the same one that's like. Hey, we have too much money right now. I know. I know the budget is is probably fairly low to, to mid tier, but it, I I just don't know who ever asked for this movie. I have no idea. Yeah, I'm I'm very confused by the fact that this movie exists. So, you know, I honestly probably the only studio that really should be doing musicals right now is Disney. Mm -hmm. They're the only ones that are consistently doing it well. Uh, I mean, Pixar even made a fantastic musical this year. Coco, I'd, I'd consider a musical in many ways. Uh, but it doesn't go overboard with the music. It's really well done and tasteful. Yeah. And uh, Beauty and the Beast, obviously, was huge for them this year. And at, yeah. least, and at least for now, remains 
the highest grossing movie of the year worldwide. So, what Beauty and the Beast is? Yes, easily. Beauty and the Beast made like one point five billion dollars. Huh. I yeah. didn't really pay attention to it because I was like, eh, I didn't like the original. I'm not gonna like this one. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was. It's not gonna be on my top ten, which is why I feel fine talking about it right now. But uh, I enjoyed it. It was fun. They, it has its moments, but it's nothing spectacular. Yeah. Um, all right, but now we're going to get to our Christmas segment here. We're going to rank – TJ and I, we're going to rank our top ten Christmas movies. Uh, we decided to count in the classic animated Christmas specials we all grew up watching uh, in some form, usually like on, on a DVD or obviously uh, – the 25 Days of Christmas on the former ABC Family, which was clearly a better name than whatever the heck Freeform is. But I don't even know. Yeah, so they wanted the word family out of there, and I was very upset about it. They announced that. It was a very upsetting time. <laughs> now whenever My... I hear Freeform's 25 Days of Christmas, I get very upset. I'm, I'm just looking at my list, and I'm just realizing how controversial it's going to be. I'm, I'm excited. I, I, I love takes. That's all that matters. Take, as long as you've got takes. All right, so what we're going to do, we're each going to do a number 10, then 9, so on and so forth. So we're just going to go number by number, list by list. All right. TJ, you want to go ahead and start with your number 10? <laughs> Michael Keaton's Jack Frost. <laughs> oh, what a movie. Look, I will, I will, I will be the first to admit that it is—it's not a good movie in the slightest, but it's such a guilty pleasure of mine because I've watched it every single year since first grade. Man, they really tried to get that movie such a heartwarming plot, and they were like, it, "It's all about." Family. Is that a pun? Is um, that a pun? Uh, maybe. <laughs> it's all about family, and it just—it doesn't work. Oh, it's so yeah, bad. The- but I love that movie so much, but it's so bad, which is the reason. It's my number 10. Yeah. As another podcast calls it, the uh, key talisans. Yep. Which is the best. Uh, okay, my number 10, I actually, I'm going to change mine. I had, uh, my initial number 10 was A Year Without a Santa Claus, mostly just because Heat Miser and Snow Miser are probably the two best supporting characters in any Christmas special ever. Yeah. Incredible stuff. They are just electric. But I'm going to change that. So number 10 is now going to be the animated TV special. Not not the Jim Carrey one, but How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Uh, just electric when you really consider what's happening there. I, uh, I do love that, but I <laughs> I usually watch the Jim Carrey one over that one. I don't know why. I just do. You're a, so. you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Might be the harshest diss track that's ever been released <laughs> ever. It is. It is fun. <laughs> No man, no human being has ever been dissed as hard as the Grinch gets dissed in your beat one, Mr. Grinch. You know, you have a point. I never thought of it as a diss track, but now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, wow. I, I mean, he literally says, I wouldn't go near you with a 39 and a half foot pole. Meaning there's at least 40, about 40 feet there. And he's like, I'm good. Good. Which is wild. Get a restraining order on that, dude. Pretty much. Just with a pole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's incredible. And Max the dog is another spectacular supporting character. And not just that, but that song is just so iconic. Like, everybody knows that song, even if they haven't seen The Grinch. Right. It's just the best. So, as much as I love Heat Miser and Snow Miser, we're going to go with the we're gonna go with the Grinch at number 10. So, massive honorable the... mention to the, to the Miser brothers there. Okay, so that's not even on your list anymore. No, nah, it dropped off. I, I oh, okay. replaced it with Grinch. All right. All right, so uh, my number nine, the uh, the Christmas special Die Hard. <laughs> do you want to talk about it now or do you want to save it for a, a little bit later? Because I have it on my list. I'll save it for later. Okay. The, re- the reason it's still low is this is probably one of the better movies out there. But yeah. since it's no one, it's 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 a Christmas movie, but it's not a Christmas movie, which is why it's my number nine. Correct. I will I will go more in depth when Dominic talks about it. There you go. Uh, number nine, I put a Charlie Brown Christmas, just an all time classic. Some all time yep. great moments. You know, it's it's not a bad little tree. It's not. It just, oh, just yeah. I was about to talk about that scene with the tree and just how 
great it is. It's it's really just a a beautiful message there. Christmas is not really all about materialism; it's about the company you keep, and that's that's a great Christmas message. Yeah, people matter above everything else, which is wonderful, and I love it. But yeah, I mean, what what can I say about the Charlie Brown Christmas that hasn't been said? Aside from, and though I said it, Snoopy again might just be the great. And forget about Pluto and Goofy. I think Snoopy might be the greatest cartoon dog of all time. That's that's my I agree. Hot, that's my hot take for this. I no, I agree with your hot take. All right, I'm glad we agree. Let's go. All right, TJ, what's your number eight here? Um, one of two Tim Burton movies that I have on my list. Edward Scissorhands. Great movie. I do not have it on my list. Okay, so I was I I was looking through other lists and like comparing my top ten to it. And I kept seeing um, Edward Scissorhands in it, and I was like, "What? That's not really a Christmas movie." And then I looked it up; it takes place during Christmas or around the season. So I was like, "Huh? Everybody else considers it one, so I will too." So I put it on my list. But yet again, like Die Hard, how it's like such a good movie, but it's not really a Christmas movie. I, that's why it's a little bit lower. All right. But I, I I watch that movie all the time. It's one of those movies that I, I could rewatch and never get sick of. It's a spectacular movie. It really is. Yeah, it's it's really good. And I would say that is probably Johnny Depp's best performance and um, Tim Burton's best production. And Winona Ryder until she did Stranger Things. Johnny Depp, it, it really he can really bring it if he actually gives a crap, and he doesn't. Yep. He's the Hanley Ramirez of acting. <laughs> yeah. All right, so my number eight is Beauty of the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas. What a cl- – just kidding. No, that movie's horrendous. Uh, I was about to say, yeah, I was yeah, like, no. are you, what, what did they give you on the flight to Boston? Because no. No, no that movie's terrible. Although the organ in that movie – isn't there a – isn't there a piccolo also in that movie? Or are those <laughs> something like that. Yeah, something like that, yeah. It's, it's wild. But no, uh, where all the... It's very weird, because like, all of the appliances, like Rubier and Cogsworth and Miss Potts, they're all back to being like household objects. It's like, weren't they just fixed in the last movie? It was, because, it was very confusing. Like, because Beast was like, back to being a beast and stuff, but it was like... Uh, you know, it's just confusing. It made no sense. Yeah. None. But whatever. No, my real number eight is Bad Santa. Uh, I thought about having that on my list. One of my favorite comedies of all time. It is just, it is unbelievable. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton in that movie is so good and so funny. Um, Lauren Graham is fantastic in it as well. Jet. It's, uh, I mean, Bad Santa was back in the news this past week. They're not doing another sequel, but uh, it really is a tremendous Christmas movie. And, and at the end, the Christmas spirit rolls around at the end. So, a uh, really terrific film. And uh, it's if you haven't seen Bad Santa, go watch it. Go laugh for 90 minutes. So, Well, back when I was working at Ovation last year at that movie theater, um, and Bad Santa 2 came out, I was like... This isn't really getting any 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 people attending. I wonder what the first one was like. And then I watched it. I was like, oh, the first one's actually really good. Now, the first one's really good. The second one is is not. Yeah. Not at all. The second one's awful. But all right, TJ, go ahead. What's your number seven? Okay, this one's actually a Christmas movie that they play all the time. It's a Home Alone. Okay, it's 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 higher up on my list. Um. Yeah, I I just I like I like how like, iconic this movie is, and you know every awful sequel that came after it, every single one is awful. I I like Home Alone two. Home Alone two is good. It's just it's just not as good. Yeah, it's still very weird when I watch Home Alone two and and uh, Donald Trump pops up, but I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's our president now. Okay. Yep. All right. And yep. It's it's certainly. It's just weird to see, like, your president cameo in a movie from, like, 25 years ago. Yeah. Kind of crazy. Anyway, but with Home Alone 2, it's just, it's just iconic, you know? Like, everybody knows the movie, 
it's just funny. Like, it's just an amazing movie. It really is. I love Home Alone. And uh, talk about it a little bit more later. All right, my number yep. seven. I, I We punted. We're, we're coming back to it. Die Hard. <sighs> Die Hard is just <laughs> such a... I, I mean, the, obviously it takes place on Christmas Eve into Christmas morning. And everyone's like, well... Is it really a Christmas movie? To, yes. I, I mean, the moment that cements this movie is a uh, Christmas movie. He, John McClane dresses the guy up in like a Santa costume and sends him down, and he writes on him, "I have a machine gun now." Ho ho ho! That that yep. is, and the way Alan Rickman delivers that line, "I have a machine gun now." Ho, ho, ho! It, it's just incredible. <laughs> I miss Alan Rickman. He was amazing. Yes, he was. Uh, that That's the moment that puts this movie over the top for me. Yep, it was, was just like, amazing. When I watched it for the first time, I was like, this movie's spectacular. And then that moment happened, and I was like, this, this might have just went over the top for me. And, and it just it just keeps getting better afterwards. It's such a brilliant movie. Out of so many levels. And I'm yep. so sad that they completely have screwed up this franchise. Because it actually could be something, but I think Fox actually forgot what a Die Hard movie was along the way. Yep, I'd say it was good until about what the the fourth one. The fourth one's okay. Fifth one. The fifth one's then. horrendous. The fifth one yeah. is one of the worst movies of the last five years. Or yeah, I think it was last five. I think it was two thousand twelve. Terrible movie. It, which is so sad to see. The first and third ones are the best, followed by the second and the fourth, and then the fifth is, like, there's a large gap between, like, four and five. Yep. Like, four's not particularly great, but it's still okay. Like, like it's like it's good. Like, you can watch it and, you know, have a fun time with it. Right. And then the fifth one, it's like, okay, this, this series needs to die now. Yeah, could we get Jack Courtney out of this? Thank you. Yep, exactly. Right. What an upsetting film fifth one is but the first one again is just a ton of fun one of the most iconic action films ever goes up in a Makatomi tower and, uh, and you know just 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 Bruce Willis that's all you have to say just Bruce Willis and the god himself Reginald Veldt Johnson yes who could ever forget him <laughs> legend amazing alright but that's Die Hard we yeah I mean we both love Die Hard it's tremendous it's just such a good movie there's no way around it all right, what is your number six? All right, so my number six is Arthur Christmas. All right, I, interesting film. Yeah, um, I saw it for the first time, I think, last year, maybe two years ago. And it's, I was honestly, I was really surprised with how much I actually like this movie. Like, it's good, it's feel-good, it has a really, really good message. It's not like one side, one side is right over the other, because it's, it's, you know, it's a mix between the old Santa's right and the modern Santa's right. Who do you choose? Or, or you know, you have to go with the traditional way, but in the end, it's, you know, no one's really right. It's just, you get the present however you can, using whatever method you can. And it's just it's just a good message, you know? I, I can't say I've seen Arthur Christmas. I have to... I, I gotta watch it. I've heard it's good. I, I recommend it. It's it's oh. good. And it's um it's a lot like Edgar Wright because it's a British comedy. So you can watch it 15 times and still not catch all of the jokes. Yeah, br- British comedy's good in that way. That's why I love yeah, Edgar like, Wright. It, like, it's just fast-paced. Like, there's not a break like American comedies. There's not, like, a break for, you know, laughter. And then the next joke, and then a break for laughter. No, it's just joke, 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 joke. That's what I love about the way Lord and Miller write and direct, too, is that's also how they direct. They just keep yep. – like, if you watch the Lego movie, there are, like, like you're laughing at one joke, and you completely miss another. Yep. Like, it's such a – that movie's terrific, but not a Christmas movie. And I, I, we'll find a way to talk about that movie somehow. But my number six here – is Miracle on 34th Street. Not not the John Hughes remake, the original. Uh, the original one from like 19... From, 19... from the 40s. Yeah, I was about to say 1940-something. Uh, again, just a heartwarming film. That's, uh, I believe the young girl in the original movie is Natalie Wood, which is 
wild, considering she would be in like West Side Story 15 years later, and then dead like 20 years later. So, um, yep, sad, sad story there. But again, just another terrific uh, version of of the Christmas spirit. Edmund Gwen, I believe his name is as Santa, mm-hmm. is terrific. And obviously, while the movie's plot is about Santa, the movie is really about how, how, where you can find the magic of Christmas. And it very, this movie was very much produced, by the way, by the owner, or I believe, or the CEO of Macy's, which is why Macy's plays such a massive role in this movie, because they literally produced the movie. Yeah. So the movie, while it is in many ways just a large commercial for Macy's, is actually a terrific movie, and it's it's really heartwarming and fun to watch. I agree. It it is good. It's just I like all of these movies more. <laughs> yes, this was back when like you could get away with that, with the uh, like oh the CEO of this massive company produces movie. Uh, it's kind of like uh, the owner of the Boston Red Sox produced a, a Broadway play, but he didn't quite have the money to do it, so he had to sell one of his players to do it, and in order to do it. He sold Babe Ruth to the Yankees and history from there. Like, uh, but it, I know it's a little bit of a different. It's you could get away massive like CEOs and owners could get away with with producing movies and just having like ads for their own stuff. Like I'm pretty sure the Red Sox are in the play he was producing. So I think they were too. Yeah. So they would just put their brands in it. Wild stuff there. It's crazy. All right, what's your number five? All right, so I kind of split my list in half with my 10 through 6 and then my 5 through 1. 5 through 1 being the ones that I have to watch every single year. Okay. Um, so my number five spot goes to uh, Polar Express. Okay. I thought about putting it putting it on here because it is a childhood classic of mine. It's not just a childhood classic. It's just – great like the animation was new and original for its time and now that animation company now no longer exists they did like two movies didn't they uh i think they did three they did polar express they they did did, jim carrey's a christmas carol and then they did um mars needs moms and that movie did so horribly it literally put the company bankrupt they were, and I remember when they bankrupted the company, they were doing – Zemeckis was doing a Yellow Submarine movie over there. Yep. Which would have actually been really cool. But. Yeah. Anyway, um, the animation is fantastic, and it still holds up to this day. You have Mr. Tom Hanks as the train con- – or not the conductor, but uh, the ticket taker. Right. And uh, it's just it's just an amazing movie. Like, you know, what more can you say about Christmas movies? It's just an amazing movie. Right. It's one I definitely thought about putting out there because it was one I grew up watching a lot. It just mm-hmm. didn't quite make my list. Uh, I I still feel very very good about my top ten here. But yeah. It's probably like number 12. You know, number 11, number 12, somewhere in there. I, it's it's one that, you know, it's when you really think about it, it it's definitely kind of a weird movie. But it's also it's also a lot of fun. It's weird, but in a lot of ways, it's one of the few that are actually better than the book. Yeah. Well, the book doesn't really give you much. But no, it's it's like a picture book. To work with, so they, they, they did what they could. Yeah. The scene with but for all what the, they did, it's really good. Oh, the scene with all the caribou is just wild. Yes. Wild stuff there. All right, my number five is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, I have that one higher up on my list. All right, we'll punt. We'll punt. We'll, cut, we'll, right. we'll go to it later. This is the part where, like, all of, I okay, I think I know what our number one is going to be. I can already guess it. All right, you're probably right. Because <laughs> I think we, I think just based on our our ages, being in college, I think we probably have a common number one here. Yep. Yeah. All right. What's your number four? <laughs> a Nightmare Before Christmas. Another one I really thought about putting on here. Yeah, I love that movie. I love this movie, not just from a movie perspective, but also from an animation perspective and a musical perspective. I think this is some of Danny Elfman's best work, um, if not his best work. Yeah. And while it says, it's Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas, it's not his movie. He didn't direct it. Right. Fun story. Yeah, it's uh, Henry Selden. But Yep. And it's just 
fantastic in every single way, and I never, ever get tired of this movie. Like, I could watch it every single day and never get tired of it. I, I love that movie. I, the, the thing that throws me off is just because it's a two-holiday movie. So yeah, it's it's, it's, it's a, a Halloween, Halloween movie. List or a Christmas list. I consider uh-huh. it more of a Christmas movie than a Halloween movie. I but, do, too. But I usually find myself watching it more at Halloween because there are fewer Halloween movies. Yep. Yep, that's exactly what it is with me. But, but it's it's still a Christmas movie, and I love it. Yes, I, I adore it. The music is great. I mean, literally literally the opening scene is, you know, this is Halloween. Like, the right. opening, when the opening chords come on, you just yes. know exactly what it is. God, dear stuff. Uh, my number four, you'll shoot your eye out, kid. A Christmas story. Ooh. <laughs> that one has my number three. <laughs> All right, so since that's your number three, we'll just go ahead and talk about it now. That makes sense. I'm, I'm glad it at least lines up. Yeah, yeah. I, God, this movie is terrific. But y- you know how this has the 24-hour marathon on Christmas Eve and Christmas. Right. It's always on, uh, on. on. On TBS. Right. Yeah, no, I watch it for it, 24 hours. Yeah, it's a once a year. It's a once a year thing because you binge it every, like for that duration every single year. Yeah, I've got to try to get it in like before because Christmas morning, Christmas Day, I'll be actually I'm actually going to Celtics game Christmas Day, but I'm going to try to go with Christmas morning. I'll, I'll throw on TBS and <laughs> it'll just be on. It's the best. Oh, it's just so good. It, like. Um, obviously, I, I understand how the leg lamp easily became the most iconic element of this movie. Like, it's Fragile. funny. Yeah, it's funny, but, like, the scene where Santa literally kicks him down the slide, or even the last scene, where, where they end up eating duck at the Chinese restaurant at the very you know end, what? is You so know what's really funny? funny? So, we, we celebrated our Christmas last night, um, since we're in Nashville and everything. Right. Yeah, no, we had Chinese food for dinner. Excellent. Yep. <laughs> it... Just, it's just a great movie. You know, it's it's feel good. It has a good message. Um, the acting in it's really good, and it still holds up even for you know an eighties movie. It still holds up today. The jokes in that movie are just terrific. yeah. And the thing is, is I don't understand why it became such a popular movie like ten years ago. Well, TBS started running the twenty four hour marathon. I guess I don't. I don't know. On, on a kind of a, a similar did you catch any of that uh, A Christmas Story live on Fox this weekend? Uh, uh, I, uh, no. Let me, let me put it that way. I refused. It was, I watched about 20 minutes of it. Was it that bad? It was awful. Yep, I could tell. It was awful. I pretty you... much was just in it for the, the, the Greatest Showman live commercial. And, uh, cause yeah. I'm not going to see that movie, but I, I wanted to at least see it. I thought that would be, like, a cool idea. Um, I refuse to give money to a movie about P.T. Barnum, but I'm pulling a Ken Jack. Why's that? I'm pulling a Ken here. Now, P.T. Barnum, when you created showbiz in many ways, but also was kind of just awful. Yeah. Exploiting people and animals. And... Yep. But Christmas Story Live, it was horrible. The Broadway musical in the first place didn't work out. So this was this was the Broadway musical version. They didn't just like reenact the movie. It's it's like Peter Pan Live. That was just awful. Man, Peter Pan Live was just off. Like it was not. Like it just didn't have the right feeling to it. Peter Pan Live was just off. Although Christopher Walken essentially played Christopher Walken, and I'm always here when Christopher Walken plays Christopher Walken. When he plays Christopher Walken, he just doesn't care, and it's amazing. It's the best. Uh, anyway. Uh, Christmas Story Live. You know it's going to be bad when you have Matthew Broderick in a musical. That's not true. The Producers is amazing. Is he in The Producers? Yeah, he was in The Producers. He, he was oh, the, yeah. in the Broadway show and in the movie adaptation. Which yeah, yeah, is yeah, not yeah. a particularly good movie, but I love that movie. I, I laugh every time I watch it. You're right. I, I'm thinking about it now. Now I, 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 I recognize him. Uh, he's he's actually uh, he's he won a Tony. He did uh, How to Succeed in Business yeah. Without Really Trying in the mid nineties. But all right, let's the Christmas Story though. What a just wrap up so good. All right, since that was your number three, I'll go to my number three. My number three is It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. 
this is obviously it's on TV every year, Christmas Eve, yep. and it's it's appointment viewing for me. When it goes on NBC, eight o'clock Christmas Eve, I'm there. It, I just it's you want to talk about having a great message, just that people are there for you, and even if you're sometimes you're feeling down and you feel like you know I could just go away, there are other people that that affects, and there are people that care for you and love you no matter what happens. It's a beautiful movie. Yeah, no, it is. Frank Capra, Jimmy Stewart. You know, every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. And when that bell rings at the end of the movie, and you you know, I think it's, I I don't remember what the angel's name is, maybe Gabriel, but I don't remember. Um, Get to, when you know that he was the angel that just got his wings, it's a great, it's a great moment because J- Jimmy Stewart knows it too, and he's just smiling, he's looking up, oh, beautiful, as he holds his daughter in his arms. Mm-hmm. Screw Mr. Potter though, horrendous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What Screw a that man. Terrible person. Great villain, but terrible person. All right, uh, but it's a Wonderful Life. What's what can be said that hasn't been said already? It's all right. So we can go back to Christmas Vacation now because that's my number two. That's your number two. Okay. Yep. What a <laughs> <laughs> just thinking about it, and uh, obviously Chevy Chase, but then uh, Randy Quaid in that movie too. Oh it's just my god! Unbelievable. Oh my god! It's amazing. All those vacation movies, except for the new one, are just spectacular. The new one was awful. Uh, I, I, I disagree. I wouldn't call it awful. It wasn't it wasn't good. It wasn't horrible. That movie had potential, but Christmas Vacation is just. Anyway, uh, I mean, it's but, it's definitely the best out of all of them. With with and then a close second would probably be Vacation, where they go to Wally World. Right. European Vacation is also terrific. Yeah. This is a seed with them. Yeah. Hey kids, Big Ben. Parliament. Parliament. <laughs> hey kids, Big Ben. Oh, but he says it literally every time, man. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> but Christmas vacation, I mean, buying the tree with the, with the, the squirrel. The cat blowing up. The cat blowing up. Them draining literally all of the power in the city. Correct. Just amazing. It's just... <laughs> unbelievable movie. Yeah, it's just the best. National Lampoon just always came through back in the 80s. And I don't know what happened to them. I don't know what I don't know what they're doing now, but seventies and eighties they cranked out pretty much like consecutively all the vacation movies, uh, Animal House and Caddyshack, and that's just an unbelievable like streak of films to go on. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Off, and then to fall off the deep end so massively. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a movie coming out on Netflix next month we might try to review. It's from the creator and director of What Hot American Summer, and it's about the creation of National Lampoon. Ooh, I'm, that'd be I'm, interesting. I'm actually really excited about it. That, that'll be a fun one. Will Forte yeah. plays Doug Kenny, and, and pretty much everyone's movie. It's an insane ensemble cast. But, yeah, it's, it's pretty great. But Christmas Christmas Vacation, I, I mean, what a, what a great movie. No way around it. And in the end, it comes together with a great Christmas message. It's, it does. It's terrific. Right, by number two, we talked about it a little bit already, but Home Alone. Yep. Um, it's, I mean, Joe Pesci in this movie uh, is part of it. His his brother used to throw rocks at my grandfather. Fun fact. Um, oh. that's that's true. He, he Joe Pesci and my grandfather grew up in Newark, New Jersey together. So that's a, actually really awesome. Yeah, there's a real family connection there. But uh, Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern, there could be there. They have to do an insane amount of physical comedy in that movie, and they mm-hmm. are un. Believable in it. They they are both laugh out loud funny. Macaulay Culkin, obviously, I probably you know that character is a demented serial killer in real life. But man, mm-hmm. that is just terrific stuff. You take his character from the good kid or the good child, yeah. Macaulay Culkin, and Elijah Wood, where he's literally a, a serial killer as a kid. Yep, pretty much. That's yeah. That's Macaulay Culkin. In this movie, but it, it yep. I mean, obviously, it delivers laughs more than most Christmas movies, and it's just entertaining. And John Williams' score is awesome. Um, yeah, John Williams is great, man. All right, I, 
pretty sure we have the same number one. It's Elf. It's Elf. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I've got it on the same page here. This movie's the best. <laughs> we uh, watched it yesterday because my parents my parents got a list of that uh, for Christmas on DVD because we, we watched that movie so much and they just wanted to watch it whenever they wanted. I think we're going to watch it today. I'm so excited about it. Like, I was very upset because uh, as, of, as of yesterday, I still had not seen any Christmas movies yet. Yeah. What with what with New Mexico and the bowl game and finals and everything, so then we go here and I'm like, "Mm, I really want to watch Elf. And then we watched like the first like three quarters of it on TBS up to the point where he was fighting um, the angry Elf. (laughs) Peter Dinklage. Yeah, Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. Tyrion Lannister in that movie for five minutes, but he leaves such an impression. That is one of my favorite movie scenes, maybe ever, because it's just so funny. My only question is, um, Peter Dinklage, when he was first becoming an actor, he said that he was going to refuse roles that made fun of his height, or they just wanted him because of his height. So I'm wondering why he took that role, because it does make fun of his height and everything. Right, but I think he saw what the movie was about, and the script, and the role. Because in the end, actually, that role, as much as it makes fun of height, is actually important to driving the plot. It's actually an important scene. And... It's just a terrific movie. But that's, that's just, like, my only question about it. Like, it's not, I'm not complaining. It's right. just a question that I have. But everything else about the movie, it's just fantastic. Like, the scene where he's going up the escalator, and it's just iconic. And he, oh he's got no idea how an escalator works. <laughs> he has no idea how anything works. The revolving uh, door, when he's going through the revolving door. He sees the yeah. world's best coffee sign and runs in, like, congratulations, you did it. Fun fact, Best that coffee. wasn't scripted. I can't imagine it was. That that seems it, like that a was, very That was actually off the charts, so everybody improbable. in the coffee shop, when you see their, like, shocked and confused reaction, that was actually their reaction. That means they actually had to set up a second shot inside the coffee shop, though. Yep. Which means they had to have some sort of permission, but they actually had to go in and be like, hey, can we shoot something? Like, yeah. Seeing but... Will Ferrell come into your... Uh, to a coffee shop in an elf costume would, would, would be, like... Just what the heck? What is happening what? right now? What? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be complaining. It'd just be, like, awesome. Of course, maybe the, the greatest line in any Christmas movie. Santa! I know him! <laughs> I, I know him! Is magic. You sit on a throne of lies. <laughs> You smell like beef and cheese. You're not Santa. <laughs> My God. Oh man, it's just it's just the greatest Christmas movie ever. There's so many. There are so many magical scenes in that movie. The snowball fight scene. Uh, yep. The scene where buddies. Which to honestly, set... which honestly, the snowball fight scene reminds me a lot of the snowball fight scene from Jack Frost. Yeah. It's just it, the elf scene is just so much funnier because all of a sudden you oh, yeah, no. oh, I'm, fire I'm not, like I'm a not. t-shirt. It's so <laughs> we're not. I'm, we're not arguing about that. I'm just saying it reminds me of Jack Frost. Or where he's trying to set up the, the tree and he jumps off the couch out of the tree and then falls over. <laughs> like, oh, there are so many great moments where he's the uh, the singing telegram or the singing Valentine, whatever. The, the Christmas gram. Right, the Christmas gram. There we go. He's trying, yeah. he's trying to get a couple moments with his dad anyway. And I'm singing. And I'm... <laughs> <laughs> that, that movie's just terrific. Just it's remember, just guys. Best. Just remember, guys. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is by singing loud for all to hear. Ah, it's Lit- just the best. Literally saves Christmas. Yep. What a. Really, and then at the end they have the kids, and uh, every, like uh, still he's like, "Oh, come sit on my lap," and he's talking to the kid, and Buddy ends up going over and sitting on his lap, Bob Newhart's lap <laughs> instead, and he's just like, "All right." Also, to Ed Asner, uh, Bob Newhart, Zoe mm-hmm. Deschanel—they're all terrific in it. Mm-hmm. All just great support, James Con, Mary Steenburgen. Just so many great uh, supporting performances in this movie around Will Ferrell. Yep. And obviously, he's just money in this movie. 
Like, this probably might be one of his best performances. Yeah. I mean, growing up, I just watched this movie all the time. I even, I've, I've even been in a mood where, like, even when it's not Christmas, it'll be the middle of April, I'll be like, I want to watch Elf right now. Uh, here's another... The best. Here's another fun fact. You know the part where he goes, uh, Buddy Bill, what's your favorite color? So when my when my mom um when she gets a phone call from the other teachers at the school at the front desk, she goes, "Laura the Elf, what's your favorite color?" <laughs> and true. sometimes it's the the kids that call her, so right. they'll actually answer. They'll be like, eh, "Purple." <laughs> <laughs> of course, just... another incredible line. Bye, buddy. I hope you find your dad. <laughs> Thanks, Mister Narwhal. <laughs> just... I'm, but the, the 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 tribute to the stop motion stuff there is phenomenal. I I just, mm-hmm. I love this movie so much. Yeah, yeah it, it's just it's just amazing. Yeah, this is just obviously if you grew up right at the right time where this movie's gonna hit, and in tw- tw- hopefully twenty years from now it'll still be big. But I have a feel, like twenty years from now people are like, what is this movie? I'm like, you just you don't get it. It's the best to grow up with it to understand it. Those are our top ten Christmas movies. They start to wrap up here. Uh, again, everyone, uh, go subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or if you use po- if you're one of the very few, more than likely people that use Pocket Cast, go ahead and use Pocket Cast. Subscribe there. Um, next week, big show. All five of us: Lance, Dalton, TJ. Our managing editor Jonah Lewis and I, along with possibly a guest, we're, we're gonna. I'm gonna ask around to some people and uh, see if they potentially have a top ten and go for that. But our top ten movies of 2017. I have ten. I feel comfortable with. Yeah, same. I have ten. I feel very comfortable with. Uh, yep. I'm still gonna try to see one or two more things. I still want to try to see The Shape of Water. Still gonna try to go see. Uh, Call Me by Your Name is playing up here, and it has not been playing and. North Carolina, so I really want to try to get around to that. Um, just a couple of movies I really still need to see. I need, I need to see Disaster Artist. I need to, well, I need to go see Last Jedi again because uh, I, I promised to take my mom. That's kind of her Christmas gift, right? Um, yeah, so I need to see that again, which will also help tie it in with my Christmas list or not Christmas list, my movie list, and then. I need to see, like, three or four other movies, and then I'll be good. I loved Last Jedi. Right now, I do not have it on my top ten. I loved it, too, but I think if I watch it again on a second viewing, it'll give me more respect for it, especially for the message that that movie goes for. I've heard it gets better. Everything followed a play. That's exactly why I'm watching it again, because if it gets better on the second viewing, it might be on my top ten list. Yeah, I'm going to try to see it again, too, before it leaves the theater. I I did really enjoy it. But... Uh, that's gonna do it for us. TJ, where can the good people find you online? Uh, I am on Twitter at the TJ Blink, and I use that one mostly. So if you want some dank memes, hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, all right, you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Dom Four Five. I don't really use Instagram much. Twitter is definitely my most active social media. So. Yep, there, uh, you can also find our writing at filmswithferrara.wordpress.com. Follow us, uh, follow the site on Twitter at filmwithferrara, on Facebook, filmswithferrara. Go ahead and like us there. Uh, again, subscribe to on all those podcast services. We are now open for business on those services, which is exciting. What? We are actually on Apple Podcasts. Incredible. Uh, if you want, uh, if you're looking for a good piece of film writing over to the uh, the winter break. I do want to. I do want to give one quick shout out. I know we joked last week. No shout outs to other sites, but that was that was obviously joking. If you want to, if you want a really good laugh today, uh, go on IndieWire and read David Ehrlich's review of Netflix's Bright because it is one of the funniest things I've ever read. It's so bad, and we called it like two years ago when they first announced it. Yeah, I, just, I really had hope for a minute there. I didn't know, but no. it's. If you re- his review is incredible, so go read that. It is so funny, and uh, you know, go go out there, watch some Christmas movies, listen to some Christmas music, 
if you if you get if you're hyped about Huntro Jack, go listen to Huntro Jack again. But uh, I already did. It's a solid forty-one minutes. Holy crap! Good, good tape. It's good tape. And uh, yeah, everyone, enjoy the movies. I'll see you next week. Bye.